Hey everybody, welcome back to Highest Aspirations, an education podcast that focuses on topics related to English language learners and how we can make a greater impact. Highest Aspirations is brought to you by Elevation Education, your partner for ELL program management and instruction. My name is Steve Sophronis, and I am proud to be the host of Highest Aspirations. This episode is part of our special Look for the Helper series. Fred Rogers of Mr. Rogers Neighborhood offered some relevant advice for navigating difficult times like these. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. The ELL community is full of helpers, and we are proud to amplify their voices as we face the reality of long-term school closures as a result of the COVID-19 outbreak. We are committed to keeping you informed and inspired with resources to help you support your English learners. We are stronger together. So if you'd like to share your ideas, inspiration, or simply share your voice, our doors are always open. Just go to bit.ly slash ellhelper to learn more. That's bit.ly slash capital E, capital L, capital L, capital H, E-L-P-E-R. You'll find that link in our show notes as well. Dr. Yolanda Rios and Greta Rogna, thank you so much for joining us on our Look for the Helper series of Highest Aspirations. Oh, it's great to be here. We're so excited to, uh, to be here. Absolutely. And, and Yolanda, I have to say, we, we had scheduled a podcast interview, which we will still do on something totally different, but you have been so accommodating in about not even 24 hours time, I think, um, in getting Greta to come on and really talk about uh, some of the issues that you're facing and everyone else is facing right now. So highly appreciative of that. Let's start off with just a little bit of introduction. Tell me um, what your titles are, where you work, um, so we can get started there. And Yolanda, why don't you get started? So I'm Yolanda Rios. I'm the director of Multilingual Title Three and Migrant. Um, pretty much anything that encompasses ELs. And this is my second year serving the district of New Caney ISD. Um, I've been in education for about 14 years and started from being a bilingual para all the way to a teacher, EL coach, uh, campus administrator to my current role. Okay, and I'm Greta Rogna and I'm the Director of Digital Learning for New Caney ISD. And I've been in this role just about uh, one year, uh, but in, been in education for about 13 years, started out as a classroom teacher and worked my way up through um, different levels, um, eventually ending up in digital learning. And I deal with anything in terms of instruction um, with devices in our classrooms. So we could not have two more perfect people on to talk about some of the challenges and possible solutions that we're facing right now with the COVID-19 um, outbreak. And I'm really, again, appreciative to have both of you on. Um, let's start off with talking about um, sort of where you stand right now and continuing to educate your students and particularly those, um, those English learners. So, so give us an update as to where you are now for second week of school shutdowns and looking into the future. And so first and foremost, I really have to say our teachers, our district staff have just been working around the clock to make sure that instruction is still happening. I mean, we have Zoom meetings with PLCs happening uh, just specifically last week in regards to our L's. We had our ESOL and our ELLA teachers meet uh, to ensure that supports were in place regarding um, lessons inside of our, our platform, which is Canvas. Um, and making sure that we're contacting students and parents to, to check in. Uh, one of the great things, this is just an example of one of the lessons that our ESOL kids are working on this week is um, it's, it's an Enrique's Journey unit. 
Um, mm -hmm. And they're going to get to read the book. Um, they also will have access to the YouTube video that reads each chapter with closed captions in case they need those supports. And they'll have that to tell your story or, or um, the testimonial component. Um, so everything from taking care of, you know, when we talk about taking care of kids, we have to really reach um, those lower levels of, of Maslow's. Um, so making sure that our kids are getting um, meals. Uh, our district is providing meals on several campuses for any kid 18 years and younger. So we're really trying to support um, all of our students. With elementary, we are, um, we've tapped into some of our Rockstar dual language teachers. Um, and we are still continuing our two-way dual language model. Um, every core area has built Spanish and English lessons and resources are very, um, we're handpicking them to make sure that they're equitable, they're um, comparable to that English and that Spanish um, side by side. So everything that we put out for parents is in English and in Spanish. We have videos that support um, how to do and walk them through those activities in both languages. And so we're just constantly thinking about um, our population because most of our kids, um, when we're talking about if they are second language learners, um, that language is predominantly Spanish, then that's the, the what we're focusing on. But we do have other resources um, in place that, um, that we could toggle several different languages with. So um, we're super excited instruction is, still happening, PLCs are still happening, planning meetings are still happening, um, and we're really just focusing on keeping that student-teacher connection. That's amazing, and that's so crucially important, those relationships. I mean, all the academics are really built on the relationship, and it's hard to make any learning happen unless you have that, so it's great that you're thinking about that. And just a quick sort of shout out to Enrique's journey and all of the um, resources that are available on that website, and so what a great story it is. We I had a chance to interview her in the podcast, Sonia Nasadio, and it was just amazing. Um, so I'm glad that that is happening as well, because that's a really touching story and obviously culturally relevant for many of the students that we serve. Um, so, I, I mean, what are you, we're just kind of starting this off. Um, I spoke with with Tan Nguyen, who's in, who's in Vietnam. He's a um, uh, an EL teacher out there, and they're like eight weeks in. And so his perspective was really interesting. But here, we're kind of just starting this thing. So you, it sounds like you have a lot in place and knowing you, you've done an incredible amount of work and just based on what you said, there's, there's, some, there's some resources available for people, lots of them. But what are you preparing for now? What are you being asked to prepare for? And how are you going about looking into the near future? So um, in regards to our district, um, we are making sure that we are making the distance learning process as easy as possible. Um, we, um, and Greta's going to talk about this a little bit further, but we are definitely preparing virtual learning uh, to happen in Canvas. We also have supports in place for kids who do not have um, access to the internet, which um, is, uh, is, is definitely something that we're thinking about. But the most important part right now that we are really focused focusing on is that constant communication with the parents and the family. Um, that is, we really need to look at the needs right now of the community, our parents and our students, to make sure that um, we are still that, that, um, that foundation, that um, source of support for our community. Um, we are focusing on teaching previously taught skills um, because a lot of what we know is we don't want to introduce a new skill or a new topic. Um, 
as you know, the state of Texas has, you know, waived a star and um, has given districts local decisions for telepass to opt out. And so there is not that strain of having to prepare for that test at this time. Um, so we are focusing on definitely having high quality instruction, but um, really strengthening previously taught skills. Um, we're focusing on measuring progress and providing feedback. Um, and we are still requiring teachers to plan um, lessons and meet with their kids virtually. So one of the other great things um, that we are doing as a whole, as an instruction department, um, every director has kind of been outlined or, or charged with the mission to continue professional learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so specifically, my multilingual team, we are um, setting up sometime every Friday to show teachers how to adapt elevation strategies Yay. to distant learning environments. And so we are an elevation district. We, um, right now we currently have it for all our secondary campuses. We do have one elementary piloting it right now. And um, next year it'll be full blown out to element, elementary to secondary. So next, um, this Friday, March 27th, we're gonna be releasing our first Zoom PD. And we're going to focus on total physical response, which I think is just um, a natural given considering, you know, they're going to be, you know, in conversation with, with um, students through Zoom. Having that total physical response is critical and showing them how they could do that digitally. And then the other strategy that we're going to be focusing um, on this week specifically is triangle circle square, which it allows kids to reflect. Um, triangle is um, the the three things that they learned, circle is a question that they still have, and uh, square is, you know, some of their aha, moment, aha moments from the lesson. So we, um, we've had great success with elevation instructional uh, strategies, and we want to make sure that we're keeping that, and we're just giving teachers the tools on how to do that in a digital learning platform. Yeah, that's great. So I'll just key in on two key points there that I think are replicable for other places as well. You know, you mentioned that um, STAR and TELPASS being um, either flexible or just completely canceled. I think other other states now are definitely following suit. And if people don't know what TELPASS is, it's basically the Yale assessment. In Texas, every, you know, different states and different consortia have different ones. Um, and so the idea of focusing on quality instruction, being able to maybe be a little bit more flexible about what you're doing, um, it sounds like it's leading you to make some intentional decisions about the type of instruction and curriculum that you're trying to deliver in an online format, which is which is really nice. And then I've heard a lot of people actually talk about this idea of this is a great opportunity for PD. And you're talking about elevation, which is great. Other people are doing different things. Um, and I think taking advantage of that time uh, and being able to do it either synchronously or asynchronously online, assuming you have the tools in place to do it, it's a really, really great um, opportunity. And just like a little sort of teaser here, and I hope I'm not saying too much, but we are now at Elevation working on um, some things with strategies that are going to open some doors to other districts as well. And I think maybe that's all I should say at this point. And I think I can say that, but um, but that's something that, that we're trying to work on so that folks can, can be a little bit more supportive. Yes. And just a shout out to the Elevation team. Um, I was on a Zoom call with them yesterday and they're just, they've been so accessible since day one and they really, um, they've really reached out during this, this emergency type crisis to really support our L's. And so we're really grateful for that. 
Well, we're grateful for you. I mean, honestly, like the, and I see it, you know, as a former teacher myself and I see with my own kids, but particularly with, with districts like yours who are serving a lot of these English learners, there's, there's tremendous challenges here, but there's also, as you're beginning to talk about, and as I'm sure Greta will mention as well, there's a lot of opportunities here. Um, you know, with, with these challenges come opportunities and silver linings and learning experiences. So let's actually transition into that. What, Greta, what are, from your role, and you've been, I'm sure, working nonstop, um, what are some of the challenges you're seeing emerge from this, this whole thing? So um, some of, one of the biggest challenges that we had to uh, think about, first and foremost, is the equity of devices and internet access for our students. And um, we're fortunate that we are a one-to-one -one district in grades uh, 2 through 12 already, and our students in grades 6 through 12 uh, take their devices home. So we just needed to kind of come, to, to come together with a plan for how we were going to address um, our elementary students. Um, we do use BrightBytes as a survey data for our district. So we knew that about 85% of our students had access to um, their own devices and internet access at home. Mm -hmm. So we were about a 15% um, that we were going to need to make sure that we had devices and um, access in their hands. So our technology department is working with our teachers to contact the parents to find out who needs what. And we are actually, today is the first day that we are issuing devices for all students that need them. We do have enough in the district to go one-to-one -one with um, all of our students, so we're very fortunate in that. Uh, but that's been one of the biggest challenges is how are we gonna make sure that everybody has access to what they need. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's a challenge everywhere, I'm sure. I mean, it's, there's very few districts that even, even districts that are one-to-one -one and maybe, you know, are privileged in other ways for everyone to have a device. Um, and the internet is, is just mm -hmm. not a common thing. Yeah, and the other thing is that, uh, so at secondary, we were already um, fully into, or about uh, four or five years into using Canvas at secondary. So our, our secondary teachers, uh, it's a lot easier for them to kind of roll with it. They can transition from their blended learning environments to an online learning environment. We're still providing them with support and PD uh, to help them make that transition and really make sure that their lessons are very focused and intentional to reach all of their kids and to be able to differentiate within that learning platform. Um, but the great thing about Canvas is that it's also accessible on a mobile device. Right. So we are making sure that our, our parents and our students know that as well, that they can fully participate if they have um, an Android or an ISO phone. ISO phone, they can uh, participate um, mobily with Canvas. Um, so we have a lot of systems already um, in place using Canvas and a lot of our resources uh, link directly into Canvas. So we're just kind of making sure that teachers are aware of what we have. And like I said, creating those lessons that are, are engaging for our kids and are providing that high quality instruction. Um, and like Yolanda said, um, covering those review teaks and things um, so that they can continue with their learning at home. Yeah, so I mean, it sounds like you're, you're moving forward with, with mm -hmm. online learning. You're already kind of deploying it. Um, you know, it, it, I think that some districts, I, I don't think I know, many districts, and probably rightly so, were focused really primarily at the beginning on, on sort of social-emotional issues with students, making sure that they were okay. And you talked about things like delivering food and, and, and making sure the students are, are adequate there. Um, but uh, you're already kind of there and, and, and doing these things. Is it, is it happening mostly asynchronously? Or are you doing anything like where students are meeting at the same time as their teachers in a synchronous environment or no? Yep. So this has been the first week that we are like official, like an online school. 
And um, so our, our secondary, we're two different stages between secondary and elementary. Secondary, they're already beginning to host uh, Zoom conferences within their Canvas courses. Um, so they're having online classes with their students and they're doing a lot of communication, um, both synchronously and asynchronously. And our elementary kids, since our teachers weren't, they were using element um, Canvas for PD, but not necessarily instruction yet. So we've brought together, like Yolanda said, um, our top experts from the district and they are writing and I'm working with them to design online curriculum that um, is accessible, um, meets the needs of our, our learners and it's both in Spanish and English um, inside this elementary blueprint course so we can push it to all of our elementary teachers so they have a framework to kind of follow in the beginning so they're not having to learn how to design a lesson online mm -hmm going to facilitate to start with and it's kind of like a training wheel and um, as they get more comfortable with it we'll, we'll um, have them do more and more things inside of the elementary courses we are also encouraging zoom conferencing with our elementary kids so they have that face-to-face -face contact absolutely students and that's what they're working on this week this week we're working on getting our students into canvas we provided them with a number of review activities that are um, just like easy to access these are how you get to our resources getting them into the feel of Canvas and the navigation. And then next week, our online lessons with elementary will begin on Monday. So you have a very deliberate kind of rollout. And what I'm taking from all this, and feel free to jump in, Yolanda or, or Greta, I mean, you, you all have a collaborative system. You have identified who your sort of content experts are in the area of dual language and others. You have identified the people who are the instructional designers, maybe not necessarily the content folks, and you're working together to make sure that content is not only delivered, but delivered in an appropriate way in the online setting. Is that, am I accurate there? If, if I am accurate, by the way, I mean, congratulations to y'all. You, you, this happened very quickly and it seems like you're well, well ahead of the curve. And that is what's happening right now. Um, and and I, it's been a challenge for, for those who haven't really been developing a canvas, but our our people that are designing things right now, they're really rising to the to the challenge and they're accepting feedback. And it's like, we'll have to step back and think about if we're looking at this from a student perspective or a parent perspective, do they have enough direction? Do they have enough support? Is it all reading? Or are we also incorporating visual and audio um, information into those lessons? Um, because we know that the kids need multiple modalities to, um, to access the content. Absolutely. Yolanda, would you add anything there from, we've just kind of talked a lot about of uh, like tech integration and design, but from a content curriculum perspective, anything to add? Well, I, for ELs? Say, I think the, the communication between all of our departments has just been incredible. Um, I think part of the, the easiness of that is that um, in our regular jobs, like in our brick and mortar walls, um, we have a collaborative space. And so all directors, all instructional specialists, we're kind of all in a massive room. And so we're, we're used to constantly communicating. Um, and so now with this situation and um, us, you know, working from home, that communication, those relationships have already been so strong and well-established because of that collaborative space that this has been so much easier to implement because all our departments already work together. Um, like I don't, like if I'm going to implement something, my first call is Greta, is this gonna be uh, able to be integrated into our current system with Canvas? So we, we always are constantly thinking about how our worlds are gonna affect each other and how we can better communicate that. And so I, it just has been really 
awesome to see that because those systems were already in place before, um, our communication has been just so effective. Yeah, it's 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 very clear. Um, and and I want to ask you one more question before I ask you sort of if you have a handful of resources that you'd like to share, which you, you've sent me a list, and I'll share those in another place. But I, I want to kind of focus on a few. But before I do that, it really sounds like, and I've had this conversation with a few people over the last couple of weeks, that this whole thing uh, is shining a light on some of the problems and challenges that we have, but it also is providing opportunities. Um, do you see, like putting my thinking positive hat on, you know, next school year or a few months from now, and this whole thing hopefully blows over, what what positive changes do you see possibly being sort of a result of this whole thing when it comes to particularly online learning and English learners or collaboration between content and, and, and EL teachers? Um, I really think that we this particular situation will definitely shed light in really personalizing learning for kids um, and really meeting them where they are at currently in their gaps or in their strengths. Um, and so I think through this process, we're going to learn that we really have to shift the way um, that we teach. And so some of, some of our teachers are way ahead of the game. And, and some of them are, are, you know, still working on that. And so um, our kids, to them, this is normal. Like, not the situation we're in, obviously, but um, learning at their own pace. I mean, that is what they do. And, I mean, they have access to, you know, YouTube, different resources where, I mean, if they get stuck, they go to YouTube and they try to figure things out. Right. I mean, that, our kids are used to that. And so... I almost feel like to some extent, we have kind of been the roadblock to that process. Not necessarily we or, you know, the district, but in some cases with some teachers. Um, and so this is going to kind of like bring that wall down of anxiety with technology. And I think hopefully um, really push us to that next level. Greta, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I agree completely. And I really feel like this on the, on the flip side, when we come out the other end, um, is going to showcase what we can do with technology to really personalize instruction for all of our kids. And we have a lot of teachers now that have been propelled into this system. And um, a lot of their comments have been, why haven't I been using this? Uh, yeah, because you haven't had to change management. Right, right, right. So hopefully, you know, when we come back and things kind of get back to normal in terms of our schedules, um, that we will think a little bit differently and we'll start leveraging more of our tools in a more effective way to meet all the needs of our learners. Right. Looking at the end, you know, result, what you want is the end result and, and using the tools that are, that are uh, going to help you get there instead of just kind of tech for tech's sake. That's mm -hmm. great. Um, that, so I think that's a great transition to talking about, you have a whole list and I'm going to absolutely sh um, share them on our community and on our look for the helpers page, which I'll link to um, at the end of this. But, if you were to kind of, and this is both for Greta and Yolanda, if you were to, to, to maybe want to mention three or four crucial like tech resources that folks can use right away to help them if they're a little bit behind where you are, what would those be? So, uh, so we have, um, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say our, our number one thing that we're using is Canvas and we do have a paid subscription to Canvas, but Canvas also does have a free version and if teachers were looking for a place to really have an online classroom that allows them to do uh, a lot of things, even in the free version, I, I would highly recommend that um, for, for people to start. 
and then they can integrate things. Um, we've highlighted some things like uh, Flipgrid is free, and that's mm -hmm. some, uh, a phenomenal tool um, for students to um, express um, different ideas and, and kind of communicate together. Uh, Quizlet, um, YouTube, and that also allows closed captioning and things um, to, to occur to help and put some supports for the kids. Um, Duolingo and a number of our Google add-ons are, are really crucial um, for helping our students. Great. Well, that's a nice list and it's always not, you know, it's never a good idea to overwhelm folks with lots of different things. And I would just add, and, and I regret I would, I would be obviously highly receptive to your input here. You know, think about the tools that you already use and how can you adapt them to what it is that you want to do. Um, I feel like, you know, Google Slides, there's just so much that you can do with mm -hmm. that that people do have no idea, but sometimes it's easier to use something that you're already using and adapt it to what you want to do and, and instead of learning something new. But you've given us a few of them, which I'll link to. Um, and I, boy, I could continue this conversation for hours, but I know you all are busy and I know that the folks who are listening to this have limited time. So I just wanted to make sure that we highlighted the work that you're doing, um, and give you all the opportunity to give you, uh, to give us some ideas to share with the community. Um, and, and Yolanda, we will absolutely be rescheduling our original podcast episode, which was on something totally different. So, um, everybody be ready for that. Um, so I'll just stop by saying, is there anything else that, that we missed that you'd like to add, uh, before we sign off? I don't think so. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And really, like from from on behalf of all of us at Elevation, thank you so much for your do for what you're doing for all your students, and in particular for those um, English learners. Um, and uh, and and please continue collaborating with us. Okay. Thank, thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to Highest Aspirations. If you liked our show, please be sure to join the ELL community at elevationeducation.com slash ELL community, where you'll find all the episodes of Highest Aspirations and other resources to help educators maximize the impact on their English language learners. Also, let us know how we're doing by writing a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.